welcome to the seventh single scoop episode. Today we're going to be talking about N Flying's 2021 album, Man on the Moon. The group debuted back in 2015, but this was their first ever studio album. They've only released EPs and singles up to then. So Old R and I, she's my co-host, obviously. We both enjoy all of their previous releases, so we thought it'd be good to share what we liked about this one, and also because we haven't been able to shut up about it since it came out last year. <laughs> so do you want to tell us a little bit about the album? Yeah, so Man on the Moon was released on June 7th, 2021. It has 10 songs, and it's a story about going through uncertain times and overcoming it to change. For N-Flying, it's really a triumph. And I looked at Naver Vibe's album summary and it said, N-Flying captures the image of us getting smaller and smaller as we are trapped in a certain fear like the moon that monitors free movement through the regular album. And it also envisions the future where we stand on the moon and leap toward a new world. So poetic. Yeah. So it's not just a random album about love songs. It's <laughs> there are a lot of albums songs. are like that. Yeah. Love songs and breakup that just goes back and forth. Whereas this has an overall message. It's not just we pick these songs mm-hmm. and we're just putting it in here. Yeah. It actually has a whole overall theme message and it's organized in a way that shows that. Yeah. And something I found interesting, we both watched the recording logs for this comeback and Sunghyub mentioned I think at least two of the songs he had originally written for his solo debut, which had come out a couple months before Man on the Moon came out. But either he thought it would fit Sung's voice better. There was one I remember him saying that everyone told him it sounded like an N-Flying song. So he's like, well, I guess that's an N-Flying song now. (laughs) Yeah, and they were like, this is not (laughs) J-Don. Because that's what his solo stage name is, is Mm J-Don. They're like, no, this is and flying. This is a collective. This is their emotion. Exactly. So why don't we talk about the actual tracks then and what we thought about them? Yeah, so the first one is Moonshot, which is also the title track. It starts you off on a very powerful note. It's an upbeat rock song that's about pushing through insecurities to change, which is what the whole album is about, but really encapsulates it in this one song. Because mm-hmm. it tells you right up front, this is what we're doing. And it has over 3 million plays on Spotify and is the most popular track from this album on iTunes as of the recording of this podcast. And from Naver, I also took some notes. Sunghyub, Hyun, Huesung, and Dongsung wrote and composed it, which is really nice that it's more than just one member. Most of these were written by Sunghyub, but sometimes other members like Huesung or Dongsung also contributed. So that's mm-hmm. pretty cool. Hoon too. Yeah, Hoon as well. Yeah. And something that I found from Naver that I thought was a really good quote was, in particular, Man on the Moon represents N-Flying's musical journey step by step, showing various musical colors for six years. Mm-hmm. And we both have talked about how it feels like this album is N-Flying. Like they've discovered who they are through this album. And they've always had good music, not to say they didn't in the past, but it feels like they have found their color. Yeah, they've. I feel like they've always had their own identity since the beginning. Like, I remember when at debut, Jaehyun was talking about other drummers and he's like, I don't want to be the drummer that just sits in the back and drums. I want to be entertaining Mm -hmm. too. 
And so then that's when he was like flipping his drumsticks, making faces. So something about Moonshot that I found interesting is it's a lot more like alternative rock almost. And Sung Hyup even talked about how he was kind of nervous about the song doing well because it isn't exactly public friendly. (laughs) And you can see compared to their other tracks, even though it's been over a year, it is one of their lesser loved title tracks in terms of the numbers especially on spotify from what i've seen i don't really use apple music it's still high up there but i think it's it feels very similar to like the ft island situation where they wanted to do harder rock and so prey came out where's the truth came out and those didn't do as well and they've kind of shied away from doing that type of music but i hope that and flying does not follow in the, a similar path and they continue to make music like this stuff that they enjoy and you know that type of vibe i think it fits them very well but i think also the difference between the ft island situation and the end flying situation is that alternative rock at least is more public friendly <laughs> whereas like harder rock yeah kind of has a long history in korea of like being cracked down or looked upon badly Mm-hmm. So I think that they've got a better shot. Although I feel like this one was very public friendly. It definitely felt like a song that's like supercharging you as you're like you're going off into a adventure right. of some kind. Mm-hmm. And even with FT Island, I feel like it was more of a 180 situation with them because yeah. they had a lot yeah. of like super poppy rock that was very public friendly. And that's what got them popular. So to have them go from like mainstream top 40 type music to something as intense as Prey or Where's the Truth, I can understand why it didn't do as well as some of their past releases. But N-Flying has always kind of had more of a a rock band vibe to them anyway, so I think it wasn't that big of a difference in that sense. I feel like also it was more of a gradual descent Whereas if FT Island, it felt like it just dropped you. Right, right, right. Exactly. And I think for when this track Moonshot came out, it was a very fitting time. There's a lot of anxiety going on in the world. As somebody who has a lot of anxiety myself, this song has just really resonated with me. It's a very hopeful song. And I think it was a perfect fit for the time that it came out. Yeah, I feel like there are certain songs where depending on like when that they're released they really do carry the time with them either Mm -hmm. whatever's going on like in the group themselves or in society and this is one of those where it's like worldwide everyone can understand it and some lyrics that stood out to me were if you want to change be not afraid Mm -hmm. because that's like the one line that they sing in english another one that kind of stood out to me the trauma that devours me shot like this so i just thought those were really interesting lyrics agreed Should we talk a little bit about the music video? Yeah, that was fun. This is the only song on the entire album that got a music video. And a lot of really dark colors. It's very moody. It pays homage to A Trip to the Moon. I don't know how many people have seen it. Have you seen A Trip to the Moon? What is it? So Is it a movie? Yes, A Trip to the Moon was one of the first movies ever made. It was by Oh, are you talking director. about that one with the face? Yes, yes. And like the, the rocket ship goes, oh, yeah, 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 yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So there's a couple scenes in the music video where they have a moon and instead of the rocket like 
in the original movie, the rocket goes, like, hits the moon in the face. This moon has a spying device, like a telescope attached to its eye. And that's a lot of the music video in itself. Like, we mentioned that the moon monitors movement. There's a lot of that in the music video, kind of the anxiety of being watched and then the members breaking free from that. It feels very fantastical. Mm -hmm. Like it's very much in the fantasy genre or I don't want to really want to say sci-fi, but kind of. Kind of, yeah. Definitely adventure. It, just because it's on the moon doesn't mean it's sci-fi. Right. <laughs> but I really felt like though, if you're someone who really likes to enjoy a music video, you don't like the stale, okay, they're dancing in a room or oh, they're doing this cute thing here, whatever. This is something very different. Mm -hmm. And we, we don't see this very commonly in K-pop where they're constantly coming up with new different things all the time. It's not just like one moody thing. Right. From like their debut with Awesome when they're in a truck trying to pick up this one girl and then them from the future is giving them instructions <laughs> on how to impress her better. And then we got the reel, which that was a music video that got me into the group when you've got the band on a ship and then they're trying to go fishing after this mermaid <laughs> that turns out not to be a mermaid. <laughs> That's really fun. Or hot potato when they're like dreaming about success. And then at the end, like you see them like looking up organ donation and being really sad about it. Like, yeah. They've always had something new, something different from what everyone else is doing. Mm -hmm. And I felt like this went just along that line. It's very much, I feel like, in their style of looking at, okay, this is what everyone else does. What are we going to do to stand out? We don't want to be just another band. Mm -hmm. What are we going to do? Agreed. So I feel like they really asked that question with this. Mm -hmm. One thing that I don't know how I didn't think about. I'm not one to watch music videos over and over again. I used to be like that, but I don't really anymore. So watching the music video for this episode was the first time I'd seen it probably in I don't know how many months. But the face blurring filter is so intense. It's like, I've, I've mentioned this before, but Not By The Moon by GOT7 is the worst face blurring filter I have ever seen. And this one, <laughs> this one is trying to take that crown. They look like mannequins. That's my biggest issue with this music video. <laughs> it's just so bad. You clearly haven't seen the remasters that oh, SM did. Oh, well. That wasn't, that's, that's that wasn't the worse. intention when they released those, but I have seen some screenshots and it is very bad. <laughs> Horrendous. Yeah, it's it's especially like, I can kind of understand that like it's an old music video when they're determined not to return to like the original film mm -hmm. and res that up like everyone else is doing. But in this case, though, there's really no excuse for it. Yeah, exactly. That was my biggest issue, but my favorite part is probably when their silhouettes are jumping into the night sky and the giant moon is in the back. Right. That is such a beautiful shot. It really encapsulates the whole meaning of the song. Like, we're taking the jump. We're taking the leap. And I think it's just really incredible. Totally agree. It was also nice, though, that the music video matched the song and matched the lyrics. Like, everything worked together. Mm -hmm. Because there are a lot of songs in K-pop where the lyrics either don't match the sound of the song or the music video has nothing to do with the song. Yeah, 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 so yeah. So this was something where everything was cohesive. That was so nice. I agree. And also there's horn. How did I not mention that? Near the end, they add a horn in to the instrumental. Right, right. so good. 
just so good. You wouldn't be expecting it. Yeah, exactly. Which is why I love it so much. Are we good to move on to the next one? Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about the second track, and that is entitled Ask. So Ask is a slower song, and it's about struggling to move on when being reminded of a love that ended badly. And in terms of popularity, it's slightly popular on iTunes, and it's actually the second most popular song from the album on Spotify. In terms of writing, Sunghyub and Hoon wrote the lyrics, and Old R has some favorites from this song, so she'll tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so there were three lines that I really liked. One of them was, I want to go back, but my heart doesn't like it. Another one was, I forced you to empty fill my place with someone i thought that the wordage was very interesting mm-hmm. even though some of these things it's like okay the idea of filling you know in after somebody that's pretty common i just feel like how they included it just felt very interesting in this context mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i feel like especially in ballads sing Hyub and hui sing's voices play so beautifully off of each other and yeah. this one in particular does that really well. And I just, I really like their slower songs. I know a lot of people are big fans of them for their more upbeat songs, but I think they do ballads especially well. And yeah. in particular, Huesung's ad-libs near the end are some of my favorite parts of like this entire album. And if you watch the recording log, it was Sung Hyub's idea and Huesung is in the recording studio like, oh my gosh, I can't believe he's making me do this. But it just <laughs> pulls through in the end and it makes for one of the most intense and beautiful parts of the whole album. And I also like, though, that at this point from the recording logs, how Sung Hyub can imitate Huesung's voice. Yeah. <laughs> and how he's like, oh, he's not going to be able to sing this. Oh, he knows mm-hmm. this and stuff like that. I thought that was really interesting. Just how well they've known each other at this point. Like it's been years, mm-hmm. but still, it's just really interesting to me, especially because when Huisung first joined, Sungyeob was very much protective. It's like, oh, my little baby and stuff. But now it's like, oh, there's that sly one. Here he comes. We're going <laughs> to be in the studio all night because of him. I just thought that that sort of change due to familiarity over time and work of each other was just kind of enduring. Mm-hmm. I agree. So the third track is Shimpo, or Kama, which is also its English name. This song is slightly popular, and it kind of has the feeling of being frustrated and out of sorts. The lyrics are about wanting to take a break to rest, but then that person is kind of told to endure it instead. Some lyrics that I thought were interesting are, why are you telling me to be strong? I feel like that really matches in with the theme. Mm-hmm. If you're good, you're stupid. If you're clever, you'll just become a fox. It's just me and I have to hide it. I really like that. That was actually mm-hmm. my favorite one. Yeah, same. Considering as how Sung Yeop kept calling Hui Sung like sly, oh, here he comes, like he's like a fox. I thought that that kind of was a very interesting tie-in. Mm-hmm. Why are you telling me to be strong? That's the most difficult. Just stay by my side. I like that one. I really like that one. And then I need a comma. Please take a rest. I thought that one was my favorite line just because like it does tie into the song name Mm -hmm. and also the theme because I really like that is that it took punctuation 
And it turned it into the theme as well. Yeah, yeah. Just like every little piece so of clever. storytelling. They they just took it apart. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. This song in particular, we love Sung Hyup. He is one of the best leaders in K-pop. You, you agree? Mm-hmm. Yes, okay. So for this recording log, I was just even more endeared to him because he was talking about how there was no specific part for Hui Sung in this song. And if they couldn't fit him into it the way it was, he was like, well, he's just gonna take out an entire chunk that he had written. And he's like, Hui Sung's gonna write this part and he's gonna sing it. And I was just like, he cares so much. You know, man, he's great. He's just great. It's about being a group. Mm-hmm. It's about being in a band. Right. Not about being solo. Like, And I really appreciate leaders that understand it where it's like, everyone's involved in this not just whoever is like the main or the lead mm-hmm, exactly and those lines that you said those were Huesung's additions and they also ended right. up being my favorite part so i'm very happy about it both their parts are autobiographical is the term they used yeah so sung lines are very dear to him Huesung's lines very dear to him and i think you can really feel that in this song in particular yep Let's go on to the fourth track, which is Jiuge or Undo. Jiuge means to erase, and the lyrics to the song were written by Sunghyub. This was the one that we mentioned earlier that he was writing for his debut, but sounded like an end flying song, which I agree, it does sound like an end flying song. I'm glad it ended up on here. It's an upbeat song about regretting actions that hurt someone and trying to make up for them. So why don't you tell us some of your favorite lines from this one? Yeah, I'm someone who focuses on lyrics a lot because that's how I find a lot of like the message, the theme, or especially when it's written by the artist who's singing, it's their thoughts, their contribution. So that's why I take it so seriously. Mm -hmm. So for this one, some of the lyrics that I liked were, we had a good time, but I ruined it all. Yeah. And it was definitely magic, but it's been worn out for a long time. We got along well, but I messed it up. It was definitely love, but it's been worn out for a long time. I really like that last one, especially because that shows such an understanding of a real situation when a relationship is towards its end, Mm -hmm. where it's like, it doesn't mean that we didn't have love in the first place, but it's gotten to the point where it's just, you know, it's over. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of erasing imagery in the song itself there's also like we pushed and pushed and it just kept on wearing down that's how an eraser works you know i just i really love imagery like that that is poetic in a way you know yeah but yeah it's just super bouncy and fun to sing along to but the lyrics are actually kind of sad so it's one of those like (laughs) cognitive dissonance type things and you wouldn't know it just from how the song sounds. You really got to look at the lyrics to get the full picture. Yeah. So then the fifth track was You. And this was the least popular song on iTunes. At least it was the least purchased song. So I assume it's the least popular. Mm-hmm. Which is weird because I feel like I heard this song more than any other song on this album. <laughs> like I feel like it was constantly like behind the scenes or like I was constantly like whenever I was listening to like the whole album all the way through. This one was constantly something where like, oh, I can pick it out, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but just me. <laughs> Sunghyub wrote the lyrics for this one as well, and he was also one of the composers. The lyrics are upbeat 
And it's kind of a love song and a promise to do well by someone. And it's a continuation of the theme of writing with it mentioning chapters. Kind of like how comma was mentioning commas. Eraser was mentioning like erasing something. So once again, keeping up with it. And a lyric that I really liked was, I'll take care of you like three meals a day. Yeah. I assume that's a reference to the show, Three Meals a Day. Ah. That's, that's I what I assumed. That that's a good point because my assumption was just... Like in Korea, food is like a big deal mm. where if when you see someone, you ask, oh, have you eaten yet? <laughs> right. So that right, was my right. assumption. It's like, you're you're not going to starve with me around. I'm going to make you those meals. <laughs> I'm going to make you the food. <laughs> oh, I like that. Trust me. Yeah. Well, I don't remember. Are these guys actually good cooks? Or are they really? Or is this like a group that's really bad at cooking? I think I one remember. of the members is. I can't remember now. I feel like they've talked about it on Two Idiots. I feel like it'd be Hoisung or Hun. Right, be good at right. It. It'd be one of those two because I remember when Hoisung first joined, they were like, this guy actually is clean <laughs> and he like knows how to manage like a household. And they were just like really impressed with him because mm-hmm. that was also something interesting about him when he joined Produce 101 or whatever the male version season two was called Mm -hmm. that was after he'd gotten out of the military but he'd already been in fnc Mm -hmm. so n flying was very well aware of him and they were like hmm if 101 doesn't work out we're gonna get him (laughs) so they were just kind of like hope he fails hope he fails (laughs) like they were supportive of him but they were just like we want him in the band Exactly. And this is one of the songs that the lyrics actually match the tempo, which is a nice change because a lot of the songs <laughs> on this album, they're really sad and they're really upbeat. It's a nice change of pace. And while it's not my favorite song off the album, I think it's a very enjoyable one and it's very just happy and bubbly. A good listen. Yeah, which is very opposite to the this whole album. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a break. Yeah. Kind of a rest. Because like they were mentioning, I need a rest. But it's just like thinking of something positive. Right. Although this is more like at the beginning of a relationship when it's like, you know what? <laughs> I'm determined to do this. The honeymoon phase. More than, yeah, it's, it's absolutely a honeymoon phase song. <laughs> Which might be the reason why it's the least popular. It's that everyone's like, no, we want the sad stuff. Give, Give us, us the, the sad angst. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, Koreans are very good at writing angst and sad songs. Agreed. Like they're so good at writing ballads. So to be fair, <laughs> true, true. Alrighty, the sixth track, Paran Baegyung or Blue Scene, is a song by Sunghyub and Dongsang, and it is the most different off of the entire album. Right. It has a very different instrumental and the genre is different it's way more r&b and it's the first time that dong sung has had such an influence on one of their songs because he was heavily involved with the writing process and while it is different i think that it still kind of sounds like and flying you know what i mean it does yeah it does it's just shocking when you couch it in with the other previous songs right but in a good way you know like it's a pleasant surprise But it just hits you like a baseball bat to the head because it's like you've got like like because I feel like the rest of the song so far had like a certain sound and then you just get this out of nowhere. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this sounds like it should be like on a drama OST for like the main couple going around town together and enjoying their time. 
that's eventually going to get like reminisced on later in the show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And also it continues the writing theme with the mention of alt tab. Mm-hmm, right. So we're just keeping, once again, even with something that sounds so different. Because I think what's the most interesting and different is the instrumental at the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's just immediately yeah. just hits you with the difference. But it still ties in together, though, because the mention of writing. So Right. This one was surprising to me because it's one of my favorite songs off the album. I think it's incredible. Yeah. If you watch the recording log for this song, each recording log has at least a song on it. I think this was in three or four. And right. Dong Sung actually sang the backing vocals for this. And they have clips of him singing just by himself. And his voice is incredible. It is so beautiful. Like, I think Youth off of So Communication is like an all-group song, but it's more like a unison one, so you can't really pick his vocals off out of that. So he has sung before in and Flying Songs, but that clip is just purely him, and it's incredible. And I was asking JR, with his last band... Was he a vocalist on it? Because, and she's like, no. And I'm like, he really should have been Mm -hmm. up there because his vocals do not sound like someone you'd hide at the back. Right. It's like, we included them because they look good, but they gave nothing (laughs) else to the group. No, he's got everything. He can play bass. He can sing. Yeah. He can write. To be fair, he was the leader of Honeyest. So. He was the leader? Yes. Oh, okay. They were all in the 96, 95 range. Oh, yeah. One last interesting thing I want to say personally is when this album came out, I saw a lot of discourse about this song in particular on Twitter. A lot of people thought that it was too different than and flying's actual stuff. And I just saw a lot of negative commentary just like just because Dong Sung wrote it, we don't have to like it. And I'm like, who told you that? <laughs> like, where is this thought You're process? You're coming up with your own nonsense. Yeah, yeah, it was so ridiculous. And it's like, nobody is telling you to like everything an artist comes out with. But just because Dong Sung wrote it doesn't mean you have to be nasty about it either, you know? I really like this one. I know, same. <laughs> also, from the downloads and looking at like the plays on Spotify and uh, downloads on iTunes, that discourse did not affect anything. <laughs> like, you can argue all day, but the numbers don't back up mm-hmm. what you're saying. And Enfia is not, like, the biggest fandom to begin with. So maybe it was just some small section on Twitter. But I was just so surprised at how negative people were being about this. Because usually they're a pretty chill fandom. Nobody gets to... Yeah wild over there (laughs) but i was just really surprised like it's just not that weird of a song to be like this song is not in flying you know like right that's the hill you're gonna die on that song Mm -hmm. people in every fandom do that where it's like you think okay this is a classic everyone likes this and there's someone goes um actually (laughs) and i'm usually that person depending like but usually though if i'm that way it's because I disagree with the song due to after hearing the circumstances that led to it, mm-hmm. where it's like, ah, no, I'm not interested in this song because of that. No, thank you. <laughs> you can just say, you know, I don't like this because of this, but don't try to press that on everyone else in the fandom. Agreed. Like, that's stupid. This is music. 
just it's what your own taste is like there's some general taste where it's like oh everyone agrees with it but pushing it get a life anyway let's talk about track seven which is Ipio Chopio, which is this star that star also known as fate and i really like the song the lyrics were written by Sunkyub, and this was the one where I liked the lyrics the most. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of different lines that I really enjoyed. And the lyrics return to mentioning spaceships, departures, and being determined. This is also a song to sing along to as well. And it sounds like someone getting pumped up to go on an adventure. And some of the interesting lyrics that I really liked were, I can see that star across this star waiting for the spaceship now. Gotta get ready to leave this star. Make a comfortable impression. I hide my heart, but I have to leave as it is. Don't leave any regrets. This star, that star far away. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Navi, take me. Pray for me to go well. Never to see you again. If this star leaves, it's really goodbye. Don't look for me anymore. I just thought that was really interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. It's funny, we have a lot of the same favorites because this one is like my top three as well. It's just, it's so catchy. I love it. Oh my gosh. There's one line where Huesung goes, Miane modu chargine, and it just gets me every time. It's so, the way he sings it, it like leads right into the chorus. Such a good song. It feels like an old song, but... Right. In a good way. It feels like it's something that came out a few decades ago. Like, it's not very... What is the word I'm looking for? It's not... Modern sounding? Yeah, it's not It sounds super very reminiscent on the, from the past. Yes, exactly. And I'm not exactly sure what quality it has that makes it feel like that, but that's the best I can describe it as, and I love it. <laughs> so it's one of the best songs on the album, in my opinion. Have anything more to say about it? No, I just like it. Yeah, same. It's funny, the one where like, yeah, we really love this one. And we're like, yeah, that's about it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're just being honest. Also, the other thing is that with this, we are not including the music itself. So it's like, these are our impressions that you should go and listen to the music and then see if Mm -hmm. like you agree with us or maybe we've mentioned something. You're like, oh, I want to hear a song that includes that thing. That's what really this is for, is us advertising (laughs) for this. It's like, we like this, and here's why we think you might like it too. We're bringing it to your attention. Almost a year after the album has been released. But if anyone listens to it after this, I'll be happy. (laughs) Yeah, then job done. (laughs) All right, so we're coming up to the end. Track eight is called Binchib or Zip, period. And the lyrics were written by Sunkyub. And it's about the empty house that is mentioned in This Star, That Star, or Fate, the track just before it. It's about being alone after a love leaves and just things not going well in general. It's a slower, more sad song. And I'm pretty sure that the title, Bin Chib and Zip, it's kind of like a playoff of each other because the word for house could be romanized as Zip. Might be. That's kind of how I've seen it, but maybe I'm wrong. Anyway, you have some lyrics here that you really like. Yes. So because the song is called Empty House, the lyrics do include lines like, It's so cold, I'm dying in a house without you. You're building a house with an empty heart. There is no use in regretting. The chair is like a pedestal for a flower pot. It has a different use. 
there have been a lot of songs over the years that talk about, oh, this house is empty without this person, stuff like that. But I thought it was interesting how with this song, the lyrics are, well, what happens after someone leaves? That even if like you're holding on to stuff, stuff still changes mm-hmm. while they're not there. Right. So I thought that was kind of interesting. And this was the other one we mentioned at the beginning that Sinkyeop wrote with the intention of using it as a solo song, but he thought Huesung's voice would work well on it, so he kept it for the group's comeback. It's really chill sounding, but like you said, the lyrics are pretty sad. <laughs> yep. And then track nine, we only have two left, are No Eke, or To You. And this one is slightly popular on iTunes, but it is the least popular on Spotify. So none of the other songs we were arguing about before. This one has the least amount of listens on Spotify. It is the song that is more upbeat, but it's chill. And the lyrics, which were written by Sungkyub, are about reminiscing on a past love from a distant past. And I really like the lyrics. At that time, I was so passionate. I loved and loved you deeply. Mm-hmm. This one really sounds like a 90s song. The instrumentation, yes. especially. And it's just, it's very charming in that way. Not a lot to say on that one either. <laughs> no. That one was the one where it was like talking about them like as kids walking down together. Like there was another mention of that somewhere else in the mm. album. And I just thought it was really kind of interesting. Like that past, just thinking about all those years ago sort of thing. Because like he's in his 30s now. Yeah, I think you and two you are companion songs in that way yeah yeah i agree which might be why they've got the lowest listens <laughs> which is unfortunate they're, they're related yeah i mean it makes sense but they're pretty good in their own right also we were talking about like unpopularity relative to this album not like overall or like mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of k-rock or anything like that right just next to each other the tracks next to each other Right. Yeah. So the final track from the album Man on the Moon is entitled Flashback, and it's slightly popular on iTunes, but it is the third most listened to track on Spotify. It's a slower song about a love story, and it's also the end of the story that has been given to us throughout the whole album. The lyrics were written by Sunghyub and Hui Sung. Oldar, why don't you tell us the lyric that really stood out to you? So there was one that really stood out to me, only one for this one, and it is, it's my fault that I hoped it wouldn't change. I thought that was really poignant. Yeah, that one stood out to me just because like a lot of the lyrics in this really do feel like they come from experience, Mm -hmm. not just from, you know, we see a lot of this in music where like people are just spitballing words and lyrics just trying to get something down but they're not putting any nuance on it they're really not trying to look at different synonyms or metaphors for it but i feel like we do see that a lot in here so that is very much a nice change mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it felt like a good note for this album to go out on like it yeah. definitely felt like it's closing the book right and this is another one that i really adore off the album and it's just like this rock ballad kind of like scream your heart out while you listen to it type thing and i think it showcases huesung's voice very very well and that is partially because it is very huesung heavy his voice is the main one throughout the entire thing 
And that's probably why I love it so much. I feel like I've said this before, but he's like in the top five of my favorite Korean singers of like all time. Sunghyup does appear briefly at the beginning and he does some backing vocals throughout, but otherwise you're going to be hearing Huesung for the most part. And that's because he just fits really well in this genre of like rock ballad. <laughs> so it's just a very epic song and one of my favorites. So that was it for the main album, but then several months later, they released their first repackaged album, Turbulence, on October 6th, and it had three new tracks that went at the beginning of the album. So this is like before the story. So the title track off this repackage is Sober, and it's a slower song about a relationship going through turbulence, as the album title suggests. The members are on a plane that had a nice smooth flight at first, but then they go through a thunderstorm and eventually come out of it okay. The music video, I thought, really played through the idea of turbulence very well mm -hmm. because it's about like a relationship going through turbulence, the idea of, okay, it starts out fine, then you have this trouble, then hopefully there's something better beyond it. Right, right. And it's, it's a catchy song, but I never really listened to it again after the repackage came out. And I'm not sure why. It's good, but not my favorite. <laughs> but it's not that interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then the second song, which Neighbor called like their hit song, was Pio Supnida, which means Into Bloom. And it's a pleasant song to listen to, but the lyrics are of sad reminiscing, and it reminds me of To You from the Man on the Moon album. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because I didn't like Sober, I never actually ended up listening to Into Bloom, and I still haven't heard Video Therapy, which, incredible. I don't know how that happened. But I really loved Into Bloom. I liked it a lot more than Sober. Well, speaking of Video Therapy, that is actually the last new song for the repackage, and it's an upbeat rock song with an interesting instrumental, and it's a bit hip-hop sounding, and I really liked some of its lyrics, including, I'm a villain, it's not a feeling, it's a scenario. Ooh, very interesting. It's definitely up there for being one of the most interesting songs to come from this project, so yeah, I recommend JR <laughs> listens to this <laughs> after we finish recording, because it's very good. Does it like harken back to their debut? Because Awesome was very like hip hop rock. I don't think so. I think that this looks at it a bit differently. Yeah, I didn't even think about Awesome. Hmm. Just from your description, that's that's what came to mind. Yeah, you, now that I think about how I wrote it, yeah, that would make it sound yeah. like that. But I don't feel like it sounds like that at all. Huh. It definitely sounds more forceful and intentional, though. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'll listen to it. I'll listen to it. I just didn't get a chance to. <laughs> My only comment about these three songs is that it fits perfectly with the album sound and theme, but I don't know if I like that they were placed at the front, which for a lot of albums were like, these songs can go in any order, that wouldn't matter. But for this one, though, like there's an actual story being told. And it doesn't feel like these three additional tracks are like starting a new narrative. If anything, they feel like someone found some extra chapters and stuck them to the front mm -mm. instead of putting them in their proper slots in the album. I wonder... So that was my only beef with it. If they were intending on releasing a repackage then. Because they, they always have so much thought into the tracks mm. that they put into their right. releases. But just given the ones I've heard and how we both kind of responded to it. I wonder 
how much thought was put into this. Yeah, but also though, like, if I were to move the songs around, I would put Sober after Moonshot. Mm-mm. And I would put Video Therapy probably after Blue Scenery, probably. I don't know where I'd put Into Bloom. Probably nowhere close to To You because they sound yeah. <laughs> very similar. But probably around Empty House, probably where I put it. Hmm. Okay. But that's just my thought. So I was just kind of like, this is a great album, but just the placement of those tracks, it's like, there's a story here. What are you doing? <laughs> right, <laughs> Putting right, them at right. the front. It just felt like it was just out of order. No context. Like, this is not the album for that, my dude. Very weird. So do you have overall thoughts on Man on the Moon? I thought that this was a great first album, and I look forward to more full studio albums by them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they debuted six about six years ago almost and this is their first album well aoa also had their first album like at the end as well so fnc is weird about that fnc is a really weird company like there's some decisions and it's like why would you do this but then later we hear from the artists that they were like we were questioning this too (laughs) yeah so I've seen this album described as moody, and I think that is a perfect description for it because there's a lot of different feelings depending on which song you pick from perseverance to pain to love. There's something for any mood you are in. (laughs) And when I listen to this, I actually often listen to it from the first song to the last without shuffling or skipping anything. And because of that, I think it is one of the best albums to ever come out of K-pop. There are so few albums that I don't skip anything on. And a lot of the reviews I had seen, they also agreed with me that it's a no-skip album. Every song has its place. And I think that's just an incredible feat in this day and age, (laughs) where a lot of people kind of just phone it in with the songs that they pick for their releases. But... Kind of similar to how we were talking about the repackage, unfortunately. But Man on the Moon, really, just a really great album. Really well put together. It's definitely an album for if you are reflecting and thinking about changing something in your life. Mm -hmm. Whether it be your current relationship status or what else is going on in your life that you're like, you know what, I'm thinking about making a change. And you're just kind of like working through it mentally. This is a good album to have on in the background when you're just thinking about that and trying to figure out how you can basically take a different track. Yeah, I agree. Shall we wrap it up? Yep. This was originally going to be the first single scoop of the year, but Oldar decided (laughs) to just completely burn herself and watch like how many hours of (laughs) SM Town live concert footage? (laughs) It was over 10. Oh my goodness. And it was back to back. So just for like the timeline for those of you listening. So I watched the first SM Town concert because Min found the links for me on Thursday night, watched the finish the whole concert. Then Friday, it was like from like 8 a.m. to a little bit after 5 p.m. That's all I did was just like watch the whole oh my thing. Gosh. It was awful. And she managed to get all of that footage. Edited, put out. Yeah. And it's that under half an hour. Very well articulated, very good analysis. I highly recommend you go check that out. But for those of you who don't know, we do these single scoop episodes 
during our off season. We usually come back with full episodes to our main podcast during the middle of the year. So this is a way for us to continue putting out content and more things that we wouldn't necessarily be able to put on our main podcast. So more of these will be coming out as the months progress. So we hope you'll pay attention to those. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. All of those will be linked in the description. And we hope you enjoyed this episode and give End Flying's Man on the Moon a chance. Thank you for listening and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. Annyeong.